Hello, everyone, and welcome to the 40th episode of the Connectivity Podcast. I'm Mattias Fridström, and I've spent the last 25 years inside the connectivity community. In this pod, we invite guests to deep dive into one or many subjects to simply learn more about connectivity. And in this 40th episode, I'm extremely happy to continue to talk to Chris Stott from Lone Star. I also know that you're very engaged in connecting the unconnected, uh, sort of how do we connect the people on the earth that's not connected, which is kind of uh, one of the problems we have. Uh, what can you say about that? Oh, no. Well, thank you, Matthias. So same set of people who did the Singularity University uh, documentary, right? We, we saw this future coming and we saw the need to connect everybody and the idea that, you know, every human life has value. Everyone is unique. Everyone is needed in the human conversation. And if and we could use the internet, we can use satellite connectivity and cable and Wi-Fi and wireless and everything else to connect everybody. But how do we do that? And so we formed Geeks Without Frontiers, geekswf.org. Mm-hmm. And this started from a quick project where we were uh, given some Nexus phones at a TED conference in 2008, shipped ours to Africa, to Engineers Without Borders, but the matter Energy Foundation to use. And they took the SIM card out and because it was too expensive to use it uh, over the internet for a, on a 2G cell phone system. But they kept the Wi-Fi and used it in Kigali. And they were using these smartphones back in 2008 as like handheld supercomputers. It was incredible. Went back to Google and said, hey, let's do this. And they said, oh, there's a problem with Wi-Fi. It's, it's, so we actually went off with Google and the Tides Foundation at the time and Microsoft, Nokia, RIM, Laptop Per Child, and Mansat and Global Connect. And we put together a program where we created the world's first 802.11s open source Wi-Fi protocols and had it IEEE certified. I know, right? That's a cure for insomnia. However, that's now gotten an extra 700 million people online. Mm-hmm. And we gave it away for free, open source, but we kept going. And we started to look at this and went, okay, what's the least sexy thing we could do? Uh, where is the real problem? Um, because we had everyone from... Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos and all these incredible people building satellite constellations, cable fiber rerouting around the world to connect everybody. But we realized there were regulatory uh, bottlenecks. No one's fault, just that old regulations created in times of scarcity in the 1970s hadn't anticipated times of abundance in communications. Uh, this you know broadband revolution we're experiencing, this digital renaissance. Mm-hmm. So we started to tackle that. We did it here in the United States uh, on rural broadband and, and dig once with the World Bank and the FCC, Federal Communications Commission, all of whom were amazing. And the idea that we've now reduced the cost of laying cable fiber anywhere in the world, but they have dig once legislation, right? The legislation enables by over 93%. So you massively tear down the cost of laying new broadband infrastructure in the ground. Uh, with Community Connect, uh, we have an open skies policy. We've worked with the government of Brazil and several governments in Africa to actually open up their satellite regulation to allow greater competition, mm. greater service, greater throughput, and to make the regulators' jobs, or to bring them into the 21st century with their help and mm-hmm. with their complete control, yeah. but allowing them the ability to control and regulate, but by taking the huge burden of paperwork of an old 1970s system out of the way. And again, allowing greater choice and far higher levels of service for their individual citizens and their economies. Because, you know, the old Adam Smith, if you look at 
So the you know, ec economics is the lifeblood of a nation. I would say connectivity mm -hmm. is by far the beating heart of economics, especially today. And so through to today, uh, Geeks is championing an effort called the N50, the next 50, the next 50 percent. And they're doing that with Intel and Dell and a whole group of companies around the world trying as rapidly as possible to get as many human minds into that global uh, that global co conversation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's wild because the market need is there. And so when you've got people putting up billions of dollars worth of satellites, billions of dollars worth of cable fiber, 6G now on the table in, in Geneva at the ITU. I mean, 5G is almost yesterday's news, right? Yeah. And when you when you drive through some some parts of Africa and the Swahili have better iPhones than you have. Yep. It's wonderful. It's yep. the coolest thing. Because they're taking this new technology, this these new people joining the conversation and going, Hey, have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? Mm -hmm. Hey, we can do mobile banking, we can do this, we can do the others. And we're like going, Wow. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we want that too in our countries. Yeah. This is brilliant. That's really, See, really cool. Humanity is incredible. Yeah. Do you, and you do add you, those Marie do, Curies and Einsteins to the conversation? And it's just a joy. Yeah. Wonderful to see how. Do you feel the regulators feel this as an opportunity or more of a threat? Or how, how's you when, when you come and approach a country like that and explain to them what do you want to do? What is the normal reaction then? Oops, this can, yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, no. The normal reaction for us is one of welcome. Okay. And look, and I would always say this too. I mean, look, in space, the hardest thing about getting to space is getting permission. And as I always say to people, that your regulators are your greatest ally. They are your greatest source of inspiration and tool and advisors and help. Okay. Because you follow the regulations, you can do amazing things. And always reach out to them, always be transparent, always talk to them, understanding that your regulator is the least appreciated person in, in, the, in, in the equation often, is the most under-resourced person, is the person that everyone goes and shouts at. Not us, right? Mm -hmm. We're saying do the opposite. They're actually amazing people. They're there to help you to get through this process. Mm -hmm. And the regulations are there for a reason, right? Controlling access to markets and economies and communications. There's reasons for this. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, it's, it's like an accelerator on, on an economy and it's done by the elected officials for a reason. This is the rule of law in a good way. So when we, we are asked to go see them, which we're always asked. Right, we never impose ourselves, and um, we always, and it's always usually by word of mouth. And people say, "Look, I, I saw what you did over here. Could you take a look at what's happening with us?" And we go in with complete open minds, and there is no recrimination at all because the regulators who are, are, are implementing a system of rules and laws, and like I said, often those rules and laws were written in the 1970s, uh, back when you just had f phone lines. We didn't even have well the beginnings of cell phones. Right, we had some satellite connectivity. And so it gives them the ability to turn around and be superstars in their in their economy, superstars in their governments for their ministers and their fellow ministries. Mm. You know, because uh, economic development and education and health and welfare, then they okay, oh, we need connectivity, and they go, great, we can now do this for you. Mm. And look, by simplifying, we get greater transparency, greater clarity, greater control. Actually, mm. you know, we have a better view into what's happening, better control, and we're allowing good companies to come and work in our country being respectful of local public switching networks, local companies, and it's two and two equals five. It's greater than the sum mm. because they themselves see it, right? They're sitting there going, oh my gosh, everyone's shouting at me from all these different ministries. It's not my fault. I'm using this old regulations. How do I get this fixed? And once they can see what has happened in, in neighboring countries, other countries like themselves, and it gives them the choice to pick and choose what they want. And we, we're neutral. 
we just take a step back and go, oh, look, we've got all these people for you to talk to. Uh, up to you what you do. This is your country, your destiny, your choice. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a joy to see because you know they, they these are smart people. They get it. Okay. Uh, yeah. So it's, it's they they see the bottleneck and they, it's, uh, it's it's opening up a bottleneck into a great rapid river. And this, the, 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 the economy start opening up and flowing and it's to the benefit of everybody. It's incredible. Yeah, no, that sounds, uh, sounds really, really, really cool. Uh, one thing, we, we started this by saying you, you want to put more data on the moon because it's much more secure than putting it down here. If, and, and there are other reasons as well. But just stay on that security because I think many listeners here are, are curious about your view on that security, you know, cloud security and security in general, you know, how, how secure is the cloud today, would you say? Uh, how do you guide your customers saying what they oh, to absolutely. be on? Yeah. yeah, no, so, no, thanks, Matos. No, so we always say, look, obviously back up everything. Yeah. Always, right, in multiple locations. We're not replacing the earth. We're just backing things up on the earth. So back up on the earth too. Back up in your nation as well. Okay. And data is so precious, you know, keep multiple copies. Unlike gold, mm-hmm. right, data is fragile and yet agile. You can have multiple copies of it, which is a good thing to do. And so, yeah, um, the cloud itself, people in the industry know the cloud is not a cloud, mm. right? We know it's you know, soccer-sized stadium, stadium-sized buildings full of uh, <laughs> full of servers yep. and, and racks and, and storage and everything else. Sometimes, you know, you're talking to the general public and they think it's a cloud. They think it's an actual cloud. Yeah. <laughs> and so... Uh, so the marketing teams did well. It worked. They everyone thinks it's a cloud. Yeah. Um, but some parts of the cloud are more secure than others. Some parts, when you're doing uh, edge processing, that's why edge processing and a lot of the data centers are cropping up near our cities for regulatory reasons and also market proximity. But then again, when most of the human population lives near the water, um, tsunamis, floods, climate change, storms, hurricanes, uh, cyclones, yeah. uh, right? And so this idea that, you know, again, I look at the earth as an integrated circuit. Sounds weird. Okay, bear with me. I'm I, I, in my mind. Mm. I imagine the earth just as a, as a ball floating in space. I strip out the atmosphere. I strip out the oceans. I strip out all the greenery. And I see the continents. But what I really see is data centers connected by cable fiber and satellite mm. um, for the transport there. And to me, every day, new data centers are, are switching on around the world. Every day, new edge centers are switching on, new devices are connecting to the internet, new people are connecting to the internet. And I look at that as one living, breathing difference engine. It's an integrated circuit. Our planet is becoming a computer circuit. Yep. One huge connected device that yep. allows us to talk to each other, do our work, run our technological civilization. And it's all on one communications network. Yep. Yeah, different providers, but in essence, mm. it's all connected. Yeah. And that's what we're doing on the moon. All we're doing is taking all of that secure premium data at first and growing it out. And we'll have a commercial offering soon as well. And that's, you know, our goal is for every man, woman, child, and machine on the planet to have at least a terabyte a year each of storage. And do that from the moon, right? Mm -hmm. On a separate network, completely independent. So if a virus gets loose down here and does damage, we, it doesn't connect to us. We're just a compute and storage at the end of a long, long tunnel. Yeah. Right? That's all we are. Okay. I mean, it's almost yeah. irris- irrespective that we're on the moon. Though the moon has fantastic physical attributes. We're using yeah. clean energy, cold, distance, stability, 
radiation protection in certain ways. Not all, not all. We've got space radiation to what you know normal for us and sat space and satellite mm-hmm. to handle. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if the if you know if you could put this in the center of the Earth, if you could put this you know in the middle of a, a mythical new continent in the Pacific or the Atlantic, right? It's the same kind of approach, but we're just on the moon. So mm-hmm. every night you can walk outside and see it. Yeah. And though, oh, my day, you know, I'm in the middle of a flood. What's happening in Ukraine is, is horrific, you know, and you could turn around and go, okay, my, my, my personal data, my family data, my company, my city, my country is safe. Mm-hmm. Because uh, what, what is a government in exile? It's, it's a politician with a hard drive. Yep. No, you're very right. That, and that, so, yeah. and, you know, and, and then every day, yeah. you've got the, uh, the, world, the tyrannies of the world. The autocracies, yep. uh, China, Russia, North Korea, Cuba, Venezuela, and others, sadly, all in Iran, all joining hands. And, you know, what's the first thing they do to us? They don't shoot a missile at us. They don't fire a bullet at us. You know, launching an ICBM takes a lot of time, effort, and money. Launching a cyber weapon just takes a click of a keyboard. And we saw that with NotPetya in 2017 and how that cyber weapon got loose out of Ukraine wiping out 80% of all data on every device in Ukraine. Unbelievable. 2017, oh my gosh. And then got loose. Two public domain examples are Maersk and FedEx. Mm. The damage done and calculable. And if that happens again and again and again, and that is just one form of conflict right there. Mm. Wow. No, I'm, Let, you know, let alone yeah, others, I'm, right? It's, it's, I'm, it's truly yeah, terrifying. Yeah. No, I'm fully fascinating about this. Uh, we talked about the security of the cloud. Uh, you must, in your business, yeah. meet a lot of people talking connectivity, which is probably what we do in in our company here. Uh, how yeah. much how much do you feel that people really understand connectivity? Do people understand the difference between satellites and cables and and that stuff, or or should people care about that? How, what's your view on that? No, no, quite right. No, quite right. Satellites and cables is just a tool. Yeah. At the end of the day, people people care if they're connected or not mm-hmm. about connectivity. Yes. Uh, for the for the end customer, they shouldn't really see how it's how it's created. Uh, for certain applications, if you're out, you know, edge processing and satellite and uh, backing up and cables, you know, backup and security, satellite's fantastic for that, by the way. Mm-hmm. It is the backbone of the communications network for the entire human race. I mean, a literal backbone from which all the cable fibers, you know, sp- split out from. Mm-hmm. But, no, you're right. I mean, the, the customer shouldn't really know that. Um, it, it's kind of, all right. Um, do you ever read any H.G. Wells, the author, the British yep, yeah, author, late yeah. 18th century, early 1900s? Yeah, sci-fi author. Yeah, yep. Right. So he did, you know, War of the Worlds. He did the Invisible Man, and he also did the Time Machine. Mm-hmm. Now, often science fiction is incredibly subversive literature. Uh, it is very thought-provoking. But he wrote about a future where humanity is split into two. One side are the beautiful people, the Eloi, and the beautiful people have everything given to them in abundance: food, clothing, shelter. They don't have to work. Their lives are idyllic. They don't even read books. Computers talk to them and give them answers. They have no idea how all this happens. None at all. Mm-hmm. And then there's the Morlocks. The Morlocks live down underground below the Eloy on the surface. The Morlocks run the machines. They create the food. They create the devices. They do everything. And they eat the Eloy. The wow. Eloy or their source of food. Yeah. Right? And it's like, oh, <laughs> I was watching <laughs> that this 1963 movie again this weekend. And I'm like, how prophetic 
is that because we have people in society who understand how the machines work, who make the machines, who connect the machines like yourselves, who provide this incredible lifestyle and civilization for the others who use them, who for the most part have absolutely no understanding of how any of this stuff works. Wow. So when people think about the cloud and everything else, right? I mean, that's the future, isn't it? You either you know, have, have STEM education, STEAM education, trying to get the kids, please understand how the iPhone works. Because when you're older, you're going to have to run it, Yeah. right? And, and that's it, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's like, look at the, the, the alarm over artificial intelligence, which you and I know is not artificial intelligence. These things are not intelligent. It's not, the, it's not Skynet in the movies. Um, this is just an, yet another tool. It's just the next uh, evolution in, in, in general predictive text. Yep. You know, but that goes back to that singularity documentary. Yeah. And it's, you know, how do you do that? And connectivity, though, is, is so important because without connectivity, none of this works. Yeah. And so even backing up your devices, right? Even backing up the code that runs your routers and comms networks, so important. Yeah. No, that's the kind of thing we're backing up, not just the data that's created on them. No, you're right. absolutely so you're absolutely right. Yeah, uh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, you're absolutely right. This is sort of more and more important and and uh, as we just became a standalone company, I think we became fully aware of that uh, we need to store our data somewhere, but there's a lot of data that you need to store and as you said, you know, not even even the network data, how to run networks needs to be stored somewhere. So, you're absolutely right. Backup to the backup to the backup is is probably what we need in the future. Uh, absolutely. I had to do it in a way that you can still get it, use yeah. it update it uh, yeah. there was a famous cyber attack uh in saudi arabia yeah uh, uh saudi aramco public domain has been hacked about four times it delayed their ipo it, they, they took out their accounting data at one of their major accounting firms for the ipo but at the same time they also got into the rigs and the derricks and the pumping stations and the refineries mm. and the same cyber attack wiped out the code the software that runs a lot of the machines and pumps in the oil field and some of them started to go badly wrong and they had to turn everything off and it came to reload the, the software mm -hmm. they didn't have copies all right who'd thought right yeah. and it's like well they have all these different pumps and all these different things and each one has a different operating system from a different manufacturer and it wasn't all the same and it you know yeah. who has a copy of that well there was yeah. a guy here in 1995 and he left this this disc this floppy drive Right? Oh, well, do we have a floppy drive reader? No, we don't. Or can I even read what we have? Oh my gosh, what do we do? Yeah. And we always think about. No, you Matthias, you're quite right. We always think about the social media data, the documents, the content, and we forget about the operating system that drives it. Yeah. That has to be backed up too. Yeah. No, you're very right. Absolutely. Wow. Uh, we're, we're, this is this is fantastic. I I can speak forever. We're we're coming towards the the end of this podcast but just if i ask you, you know if you and i would have this conversation in five years uh what would yeah. you talk about then you know would would all data be on the moon by then or or what i hope be? so <laughs> hopefully yeah. within five years i don't like, i'm going to jinx myself now aren't i but uh, hopefully within five years <laughs> yeah uh, two things two things will happen mm -hmm. uh well maybe three things as monty python would say with the, the spanish inquisition right three okay. things number one people will take it as normal of course, people are backing up data on the moon. That's common sense. Mm. Number two, the infrastructure on the moon will be expanding through several countries, exploring and building bases and doing more. Uh, and number three, 
we will be moving towards, I hope, exabyte and maybe even yottabyte storage levels on the moon. Mm -hmm. Will, and, will there be a lack uh, of down here? Will, will uh, there be a lack of space? Will there be a lack of space on the moon for this, or or is the moon big enough for everyone who wants to put data there? Oh, I think it's big enough. I hope because <laughs> what we're looking at here too, it was, and and please, everyone who's worried about us putting things on the surface, nothing will be visible to the naked eye. Uh, we're actually, hopefully, our goal as we go bigger is to go down inside the moon. There are when you look up at the moon tonight. Mm -hmm. You will see the dark patches, the mare, the sea, the oceans on the moon, not water, you know, lava fields. And what the Japanese Selene mission discovered and, and the NASA GRAIL mission, the gravity uh, sensing mission, we uh, so far, they have found, NASA and, and JAXA have found 2,700 lava tubes on the moon. Lava tubes like we find in Iceland, Hawaii, Vietnam, Oregon. Um, Basically, just, you know, tunnels where hot lava, for whatever reason, mm. whether it was an asteroid impact or a volcano, we don't know, but they're there. And for whatever reason, gas expands, cools rapidly, and it leaves a cave. The caves, these tubes, lava tubes, uh, 2,700. One we're looking at up in the northwest quadrant of the Marius Hills is 93 kilometers long, mm. 80 meters deep, and 1,000 meters wide. And there's 2,700 discovered so far. And they have access points, skylights. Uh, it's a place that's natural. It's a natural data center. You're shielded from radiation. You're shielded from RF. Mm -hmm. It's it, it, minus 20 degrees inside most of the time, except by the entranceway where it stays quite warm in the night. Good thing for batteries. Mm -hmm. And you've got the ability then to put down massive amounts of equipment uh, powered by solar power from arrays on the surface, connected on the surface with communications dishes to the Earth. And it's 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 a beautiful, elegant, simple, and in, in terms of space flight, we like to keep things incredibly simple. It's hard enough as is, uh, but it's a great place to actually store this data. And don't forget, data is being created more, but also storage devices are getting better and better and better. You know, we're now looking at sixty-four terabyte SSD drives. Samsung announced a five hundred terabit SSD drive moving into a petabyte ssd drive we have people up in the northwest parts of the united states and washington state working with microsoft uh, according to their press releases at least looking at holographic and dna storage mm -hmm. so yeah, yeah. the more data humanity creates the more we can store it and i think the moon is perfect for that as will be disaster recovery centers in each nation as well of course yeah. this doesn't replace this just complements what's happening here on earth mm -hmm. we're the ultimate backup a uh, one of one of our chaps called. They said, "With men in black meets Swiss bankers." <laughs> yeah, really, really cool. Um, oh, uh, I'd love to hear. Uh, this has been fantastic. I, I really enjoyed listening. Yeah, I think this kind of draws the conclusion to this. You know, uh, more data on the moon is the future. Uh, it's going to save the planet, but also back it up with a super secure place. So. Uh, I think this has been super fantastic, Chris. Uh, thanks a lot for joining my podcast. I really appreciate it. Oh, Matthias, thank you so much. It's not often I get to chat openly like this, and I really appreciate it. Yeah. And thank you for the honor of speaking with you, and I'm always happy to come back and speak again. Thank you. Great. Thank you very much. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We will soon be back with a new guest, so please follow us on Twitter, ConnectivityPod, for updates. Stay tuned until next time. <laughs>